You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Performance Group Podcast. My name is Sean Kirby, and today I'm joined by Nate Haw, Haw for he Haw, uh, with Ohana Lulu, donuts, coffee, and ice cream based out of now Pendleton, Indiana. Always been based out of Pendleton, right, Nate? Correct. Well, thank you for coming in today. Um, I know you guys are super busy this week with your grand opening. We are, yes. Uh, so you guys are, have been operational now since, you said, 2020? Yeah, we opened February 2020. Basically the worst time in human history to start a business, yeah. Oh my goodness. So you, in your brain, you were like, do you know what? February is a good time to start a donut shop in Fishers, and then the whole world stopped. Yep. What was that like? Terrifying, to be honest, yeah. I mean, when you invest basically everything you have into a business and the world shuts down, you don't really know what to expect. But um, the, the Fishers community really rallied around us, and like we're still here, and we're doing very, very well, so... Can't complain. Yeah. So what were some of the, the things when they first shut everything down that were either going through your mind or what was even your first thought that March March morning? Yeah, I would say the first thought is I'm not shutting down for anything. Like, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll have to, like, really come barricade the doors. Um, but also just I knew that we were very small and very flexible. So the first thought is what can we do to make it work? And I have a great team. So my my general manager at the time, he's now kind of over, um, like, franchising and stuff like that, but um, very technical with, with computers and stuff. And he we were the first, basically, non-big chain to go to the um, curbside delivery. Oh, really? So he, he was able to, to set our website up where people could um, order online, and then we would get emails at at first, it was very complicated for us, but it worked, um, and we were able to take orders and then just deliver outside and survived, basically. Yeah. So um, most of those online orders, did you just go to social media and just say, hey, we're open, we're still able to do this, you know your kids want donuts, especially if they're stuck inside? Exactly. The, the, the amazing thing is, like, nobody knew who we were. I mean, we were just from the ground up. Um, so it's not like we had some franchise chain behind us to help us with advertising. Everything was word of mouth, and uh, the fact that we were able to get the word out so quickly um, just on our own is amazing to me. How many people were on your team at the time? Uh, probably, well, two, three adults, and the rest were high school kids, and um, actually maybe four adults. But, um, yeah, it was a pretty small team. Yeah. How, how many do you have now? So between the two locations, we've got probably close to 60, 50 to 60. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It feels like a lot. It is a lot. but And most of them are high school kids. Part-time. Yeah, just work a few hours here and there. But 
Still a lot. Mm -hmm. So when you um, got the idea for Ohana, were you like ice cream, donuts, let's just go sweet treats, everything? Pretty much. I mean, I knew I wanted to do, to do donuts because that's that was my favorite food. Not Maybe not so much anymore. But yeah, I, lose a little of that. Exactly. But I wanted to be open all day. And so I wanted to figure out what makes sense to go with donuts. And I just figured I'd stick with the sweet side of it and go ice cream. There you go. So what gave you the idea? So let's back up, back up, back up, back up. So before you got into Ohana, what, what are, what's your kind of story? You said you've been in Pendleton for 15 years. Yeah, so I grew up in northern Indiana, um, ended up at Purdue and uh, with um, hotel restaurant management. So when I graduated in 99, I went into the restaurant field. And so basically for 25 years, I spent managing different uh, food service operations. Um, so I had that experience. And just my love of donuts and um, having been at Quack Daddy when they first opened their doors from that very first time there, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, and they always say, if you do what you love, it's not really like working. And that's pretty much the case. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I'm working because um, it's so much fun. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've lived in Pendleton now since uh, 2007. Um think yeah 2007 uh, so uh, we love the community and when we had the opportunity to purchase the quack daddy it was a no-brainer like we just wanted to do that and be here in Pendleton right downtown exactly it's such an awesome location so let me ask you this because it's still cake donuts yes um cake donuts yeast donuts which is better and why um because obviously for what you do, cake donuts are better. Exactly. But this is an objective donut lover conversation. Yep. Nobody else is watching or listening. <laughs> cake donuts, yeast donuts. I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, cake donuts are better. Um, however, really? like, like I crave yeast donuts because we don't have them. Mm -hmm. um, so I go to a couple of different places to get yeast donuts because I can't get them. And I, I still do love donuts. I just don't eat them nearly as much as I used to. Um, just personal taste. I just love the cake donut. Yeah. Um, but I do need to go to Concanons or Tim's yeah. every once in a while just to get a good just yeast donut. Just to get a good yeast donut. Yeah. You know, it's donuts are an interesting thing because for me they're, you know, a once a month treat. But if you're around them every day, I could see why you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to have a salad. Yeah, well. I don't eat salads, but but, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, you get ice cream. Yep. Mix it up with the other things. Yeah. So what else do you guys have at your um, location other than ice cream? And is it, Did you say you have coffee? Like you have a true coffee bar? Yep. So we've got a full espresso bar. Basically cool. anything that you can get at Starbucks, you can get with us. We, we may not have, like we have almond milk, um, but we might not have some of the other types of milks. But um, yeah, pretty much anything, espresso, frappes. Um, we have a donut. Uh, breakfast sandwich, which is I saw that. probably the best thing we have. I saw that. Um, and then we've got like a donut ice cream sandwich, a donut sundae. Um, but we're always looking to expand our products. So um, we always want to just be continually innovative. So you never know what we're going to come up with. I like that because it's it, there's things you wouldn't think of. When I saw it on uh, somebody had posted the maple bacon one with it with sausage and egg. Yeah. I was like, brilliant. Yeah. What an idea. I'm one, I've always been the kid that, you know, you get Thanksgiving dinner, but you get the biscuit and you put all the stuff on the biscuit. That's what that is. Exactly. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. 
So you're kind of like the Candyman now. You grew up to be the Candyman. Yeah. So um, if you were to say, do you eat desserts at home? Um, believe it or not, like well, having being in Fishers mainly until this week, uh, we really haven't had a whole lot at the house. Like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't convenient to just run down there and get stuff. Um, so we really haven't had a whole lot of sweets around the house. I'm hoping that doesn't change too much because I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what about your kids? How many kids do you have? We have three kids. Three kids. Do you let them have a lot of sugar? Um, I get. I mean, there's. They grow up in a donut shop. Yeah. Well, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> they uh, they really don't eat a whole lot of sugar. Like we're not the most like healthy eating family. I'm That's not gonna, okay. I'm not gonna prom- <laughs> say that, but again, we don't have a whole lot of sweets around. Um, it's usually like the potato chip, the salty mm-hmm. snacks. Salty sweet, salty sweet, salty sweet. That's the way the life needs to be. Mm-hmm. A little yang and yang. So, um, so we're what on day three, day two. Day three. Day three. So Ohana purchased um, Quack Daddies. So let's talk about the acquisition of a business. Because, again, this is mostly geared towards those, not only in our community, but towards like-minded individuals like entrepreneurs. Um, What was it like when you first either got the opportunity, thought of an opportunity, or kind of like how did this fall into your lap? Yeah, it's kind of weird. So for at least the past four months, we've really been looking for a second location. And multiple things have fallen through we, we looked in greenfield um and anderson and we were i mean we would have pulled the trigger on either one of those deals if they wouldn't have kind of fallen through something just little things here and there that didn't work out and it's all for a reason like um so i called bob post who owns several different buildings around because um, i saw a, a for rent it was actually the space right next to the Quack restaurant Daddy. space. Yeah. And I wasn't planning on opening right next to Quack Daddy. I wanted to do, be in there to make ice cream because um, we don't currently make our own ice cream. And when I called him, I looked at a couple of his spaces. And at the very end of it, he's like, you know what? I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier. Um, you might have an opportunity if you reach out to Brian. Um, so I did. I reached out to Brian Williams, who owned Quack Daddy. And we just started the conversation, and it, it all happened very, very quickly. Um, it was probably five weeks ago that we first started the conversation. Wow. Yeah, and we're open now. So everything really just kind of fell into place very quickly, And um, but it's perfect. Like, we couldn't have asked for a better situation for ourselves where we could go into a space that already people knew had donuts. So people... Some people don't even know Quack Daddy's not here anymore. Yeah, they just show up, and yeah. it's kind of this, you know, similar idea. It is. So, I mean, we have virtually the same donut. Um, it's just bigger. Um, we And then we use the same icings and toppings. Um, so it's not like people are going to be disappointed when they come in. They just don't know um, that it's different. That's pretty awesome. But, yeah, I mean, it was just the perfect scenario for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's space is already set up for it. Not a lot of build out cost, and we live three miles from the shop. So I mean, it's just couldn't have been any better. Yeah, ain't a bad deal. Yeah. It, so what's it like um, taking over kind of an established business? Is there any stress to that to try to keep up? Or I wouldn't because you didn't you didn't assume the name, which a lot of people just assume the name. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say there's any stress. Um, it's funny because. Um, there have been some people, we had a couple people 
I think it was yesterday that came in and, you know, they just can't get over the fact that Quack Daddy's gone and they think there's some big corporate takeover. I, I, I think that's funny because, one, they come in and I love it because they think that we're corporate, like, because of the look. Like, we did everything very professionally. It looks amazing. Um, but we're not corporate. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two stores. And uh, up until a few weeks ago, Quack Daddy had more stores than we did. Yeah. So um, definitely not a corporate takeover. Just um, And I don't, again, I don't feel stressed because I know that we do really good stuff. Like, our products are the best that is out there, in my opinion. Um, so there's really no stress. I just... I look forward to the challenge of expanding the business. Yeah. So you guys have food truck too, right? Correct. Yeah. I've seen it um, driving down a hundred. <laughs> yes, because so I live off a hundred. Yeah. My, so, so it sits out there sometimes in the when yeah my wife hates it so it's not there very often but yeah um, so we used to have two um, only because the first one kind of died on us and we got it fixed and once it got fixed I was just waiting to sell it and it was parked at our house and yeah my wife loved it. Um, but it's a billboard. People knew it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I I don't. I didn't hate it because it was just advertising. Yeah. Um, we don't have um, the truck there very often anymore, but we do have a, a catering van, and sometimes I I drive that home and park it there too. I, I love driving the stuff around because all it is is an advertisement for us. Yeah, it's a billboard. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, when did you guys start doing that? So. We opened in February. I bought the food truck in um, June of 2020. And that was just part of the, again, the transition from, all right, people aren't going outside. We'll take it to them. So um, my, my plan was to have a, a food truck at some point. It just COVID accelerated that. and I'm sure it accelerated uh, a lot of things. It did. And it, it worked out great. So the first summer, we took it mainly to neighborhoods because, again, people weren't going out. And then last year, do you have like a ring, like a like a um, uh, ice cream truck? <laughs> no, I don't have that. Um, we should probably look into that. But um, um, but yeah, now we we try to mainly go to businesses and like bigger events. Yeah, uh, the neighborhoods don't do as well as that first summer, just because there's more to do and mm-hmm. people people aren't, aren't home. Yeah, so but yeah, it's definitely a big part of our business. So do you guys sponsor or sponsor? Do you guys work with a lot of local corporations to kind of sponsor things for their people or are they mostly for corporate events or kind of what it, so say you're an entrepreneur looking to reach out to Ohana so you could sponsor a, you know, food truck. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do a mix of everything. Like we love going to churches and schools and, um, like Kids, our, our, yeah. Our, yeah, our, our big demographic is young families. Um, but yeah, we, anytime we go to like, the, the corporate events, um, everybody loves us there too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're just a little bit more conscious than a twelve-year-old child. Sometimes, but. <laughs> <laughs> depends on what kind of workplace environment yeah, you're at. Exactly. Well, there you go. I like the idea of the uh, food truck. Absolutely. So do you do ice cream too, or just the donuts? Yeah. Do you bake the donuts before you get in the truck, or yeah. you have like a small fryer? No. So we just we fry them before, um, and then just take blank donuts and make, then you can still... Because you have all the things. Yeah, so we still make them to order, but they're fried prior, prior. And actually, ice cream is definitely a bigger portion of our food truck sales. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, I, as an adult, I couldn't tell you if I've ever seen an ice cream truck. I live in Anderson, so I take that back. Every once in a while, you'll see, like, the creepy one still. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, yeah. do I risk it? <laughs> do I risk my entire life for just this one moment? No. So uh, three days into um, grand opening, grand opening was good. Couldn't have planned it better around first day of school, by the way. And uh, well, that was my whole goal. My goal was to open last week, but I'm just a like I'm a no nonsense, just kind of get at it type person, mm-hmm. and it was a little too much. Yeah, to, to go at it. Yeah, um, but the absolute must was to get open before school started. You got there. Yeah. That feels good. How many did you guys have yesterday? Because I saw that um, Heather had, with the real estate pros, had done um, a promo. Yeah. We did about 200 transactions yesterday, which there's a lot more people than that. Cause, yeah. I mean, they come in in families and stuff. So I don't know how many people, but it was it was a good day. <laughs> yeah, good day. Especially first day of school, kids coming in. Yep. So um, when you say that there's a coffee bar... Does that now mean Pendleton has nine coffee places? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> At least you serve donuts, too. Everybody has coffee. Coffee's important. I'm a big coffee guy, so I'm glad to know that I have one more place to go. So where do you suggest people park if they need to get to your Pendleton location? I mean, obviously, if you're lucky enough to find one right in front. Yeah, do that. Do that. Um, but there are a couple of, of spaces or parking lots, actually, that I didn't even know about until... We took this over. Um, so, like, right across the street from Falls Park, the playground, and kind of behind the village pantry, there's um, some parking there. There's also oh, those gravel lots. Mm-hmm, there's parking um, here behind this building and the yes, laundry mat. next to the laundromat, Lindy B's Laundry and Performance Group. You yes. can park here anytime. It is actually owned by the town. So yeah. just don't park in those weird half a spots right behind somebody because you will get hit. <laughs> yeah. We do have cameras. Yeah, so those would be the two. Uh, there's a big ones. parking lot right behind Martin Insurance, yes, too, because that's public parking now. Okay, yep. So people can park right across the street from you where the old, um, what is that, BMO? Yep. Old BMO used to be. So just in case you need people to park there, too. Yeah. So there's three decent parking lots within a half a block of us. Mm-hmm. And then my mother-in-law lives on Broadway. She's a little blue house just parking her driveway. She won't even <laughs> care. Um, so what are some of the biggest lessons you think you've learned from – the opening of your first location to your second. Hmm. I mean, it was just a whole lot easier to open the second. One, we've been through the process. Um, two, people, no COVID. People, no COVID um, and people know who we are now. Um, so it's only going to become easier. Um, but one thing I haven't learned, I guess, is the um, to take my time <laughs> and like really... If it wasn't going to be open before the first day of school, I mean, we could have drug it out longer and been even more prepared. But So we're still finishing up some stuff. Um, but we just wanted to move quickly and, and get the doors open. Um, so I guess the, the learning experience, I guess, is slow down and get it right. Yeah. Um, but You'll learn that on the third one. Yeah, exactly. So you guys looking for another location still? Um, Maybe. Listen, my goal is 100 stores like nationwide and that's a bunch it is a bunch and it's not me opening them i like i could see myself opening one more but not maintaining it like 
selling it off as a franchise or something. Yeah. My, I'm 100% focused on franchising. Yeah. That is what I want to do. So let's talk about franchising. So I would say um, uh, 98% of people have no idea what that is. Well, they know what it is, but they don't understand it, especially if you buy a franchise or if you create a franchise. What does that even really mean? And how do you even start the process? Yeah, and I'm, I'm still learning a lot about the process myself, but um, what I didn't realize is just all the legalities behind franchising. Um, so there's something called an FDD, Franchise Disclosure uh, Agreement, or disclosure, um, and it really just maps out everything that an investor needs to know about our business and um, really make sure that we have all of our ducks in a row and that we're doing things the right way. It protects the investor. Yeah. Um, so, you know, once we get that process done, which will hopefully be no later than the end of September, um, we will legally be able to talk to people about franchising. And, and right now, we really can't. Yeah. Um, I can I can say it's coming, but we can't say, all right, this is what you would expect to, like, what your income might be yeah. if you um, were to franchise with us. But yeah, typically, so with a franchise, you pay the company a flat amount just to use our name um, and be able to sell our products. And then after that, you build out your space and we help you along the way. And um, like your success as a franchisee is our success. So it's in our best interest to really invest into those people. Um, yeah. And then from there, you just go at it. Yeah. Just like we do. Yeah. So um, what are some of the, the things that you've learned other than just kind of the financial disclosure you have to offer um, when you're building out a business that's franchisable. So when you started in 2020, was that always your goal or have you kind of morphed it over time? No, it was always my goal. Like we've always operated as a big, like, like we were a big business. Yeah. Like you said before. Yeah. Even though we weren't. And cause that was all, that was always our goal from, from day one. Um, and I forget the first part of that question, like what I've learned or what have you, what, what did I ask? Usually I ask and shut up. So let's think. <laughs> um, I asked you, was that always the goal? The answer was yes. <laughs> this is good radio right now. Yeah. Um, I did, so yeah. So at, when you're, when you're going through the process of becoming a franchise, and your tr- other than the financial disclosure, gotcha. yeah, no. what are come? I mean, some of the other side effects of it. Now you have to look for national trademarks. Now you have to, you know, start looking into other things that, you know, maybe weren't on the original ro- roadmap. Whether that's process procedures, things that you pass down, Q- QC, quality control, and that's your background, right, yep. through college. Yep. Yeah. So obviously, since we changed our name. The trademarking thing is definitely a big learning lesson for us. So we're able to use Ohana locally. And technically, I mean, if um, the people that own the trademark for Ohana Brothers, they probably could come after us if they wanted to. Um, But we're not posing any threat to them whatsoever. Um, So we've had to change our name to Ohana Lulu, and hopefully that sticks. We'll find out uh, in the next month or two from the the Trademark Commission. so that was one learn lesson lesson learned, um, but this also just how much that goes into um, like purchasing and systems that you have like 
to franchise, like you have to have a system for everything that you do. So whether that's frying the donuts, making like making the donuts to order, scooping ice cream, how you make all your coffee. How you scoop ice cream? Yeah, just every, every everything about it. Really? Um, yeah. So that's what we're basically done with all the info on the franchise disclosure, but we're still working on like all the all right. This is your training program and yeah. Um, so there's just so much that goes into it. Oh, I believe that. Now, as a small business owner and everybody else, you know, half the time you're in your business just trying to survive it some days, especially if you have 200 transactions to deal with. That is hard to be like, well, that's, you know, it's the perfect scoop of ice cream is down and in, yeah. not up and down. Yeah. Right. So um, I implore you, where do you find the time? So we haven't for the last month, like we haven't had the time. To, that's why it's kind of getting pushed back a little bit. Um, but now, I mean, I work way more than I want to right now. Um, so in any spare moment, I'm, I'm working on that. But I also have um, a really good team. So it, it's um, his name is Matt Proctor, and he's kind of my go-to guy. And he and I are the ones really driving this boat. And um, yeah, it's, it's up to us to, to make time to, to really get this done. Mm-hmm. So what's the uh, – do you have a timeline for Store 3? Um, or, or the franchising piece, I guess, right? Yeah, so I, I mean – I would love to have at least an agreement by the end of the year. Yeah. So good goals to have. Yeah. Absolutely. So grand opening Wednesday. You're open full time in Pendleton now. What's the address of the location, Fishers? Where are you guys at, Fishers? One hundred or one hundred six um, West State Street. Oh, I just said Fishers. Yeah, uh, I was like, man, that sounds like a Pendleton address. <laughs> yeah, so that's Pendleton. Uh, Fishers is. Uh, it's at 116th and Brook School. Oh, um, there there used to be a marsh on the other corner. Uh, there's a fire station on right across the street. That's from an us. awesome location yeah. for your first location. Yeah. Brook School Park is like right beside us. How many people walk in that place a day? You guys do a lot of stuff with Itown. Uh, we, we, the funny thing is, we just started. Uh, we had a food truck event there this week. Yeah, and that's the first time we've we've done anything. Well, you guys with are like right there. Yeah, I know, exactly. And that'd be talking about uh, plenty of people who want donuts after church. Yeah. Jeez Louise. So stop clicking. Do you hear that? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Bad audio. But yeah, so Nate, I am really excited, one, to come grab coffee after this, and two, to see all the cool things that you guys are doing here in town. Um, I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of people locally are excited to try it out. So um, if anyone wants to use the code performance group. Next time you go see Nate, Nate will invoice me $1 off per donut. Um, and that is a limited time. Today is 8-5. We'll do it until the end of August. And then I'll let Nate invoice me as long as he doesn't charge me 1000 bucks. Sound good? Sounds awesome. Nate, thank you very much for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Good luck. Ohanalulu. Check it out. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group Podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com, or feel free to email me directly, which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com. We'll see you guys next week.